Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. from the Auction Community Studios on this glorious Thursday morning. It is the Wolf and Luke Show. Wolf, what's going on over there? Let's go, Marty's! Let's go! We're up on the Maryland Terrapins. We're up 28-26 right now. It's West Virginia! It's West Virginia! The pride of every mountaineer! I think you were up a lot bigger earlier, just so you um, know. Yeah, I know that. Uh, don't worry about it. Uh, well, I, I Actually, I want you to win, because you know who's a Maryland fan, right? Oh. Jared Carlin out there in the, uh, in the Oh, is that group. right? Yeah. And I have nothing against Maryland, but just simply the fact that he wants U of A to win, and they're obviously yeah. going to win today by like 50. I, I, I need somebody that he likes to You know to what's lose. awesome about this? We're actually going to talk to Mark Duda. Mark Duda was uh, my former teammate. As a matter of fact, he was my first roommate with the St. Louis Cardinals at that point in time. The St. Louis Cardinals, Mark Duda. He now is the best junior college coach, maybe in the history of the country at Lackawanna. And he actually coached Kaiser White. We're going to talk about that. But what's so awesome about that is Duda came from Maryland. <laughs> and I was just ripping of last night for how West Virginia was going to roll over him. Maryland Terrapin. A turtle. <laughs> yeah, but if it's a terrapin, I feel a like it's turtle. an aggressive turtle. Give me a break. Right, we're bearing the lead here. Okay, so the controversy. We already have controversy around our bracket challenge. Okay? What do you mean? Well, one of us... Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> ...didn't get his picks in in okay, time. Okay, look. Um, There's a second level of controversy you don't know about, but let's go with yours all first. All right. First of all, can I just say this right now? Oh, boy. The time change still got me. <laughs> it still got me. Doing math because you're sitting here going, well, I've got plenty of time. I'm sitting here thinking I've got an hour that I don't have, ladies and gentlemen. Think about that. I for feel a like if Maloney were here, or certainly Lauren behind the glass is probably thinking, you guys should have done your brackets last night. Yeah, right. Yes. Well, you know what? I, I've never done it at night. <laughs> I, I do it every, every I do it in the morning gotta, all the time. Gotta, everybody okay? knows you felt your bracket by sunlight, obviously. <laughs> That's, I'm just telling you right now, I never do that. <laughs> so here I am now, and I'm doing it old school. I'm filling it out, but it's BPI, it's straight BPI. Everybody knows exactly what my bracket is going to be. So have you have you made your picks? Houston's going to win it all. <laughs> Houston's number one in BPI. Now that the first game's going to halftime, did you at least turn it in? Um, no, I, okay. I'm still <laughs> filling it out. I did see at the bottom of your BPI list too. There is a team that did not make the tournament. Oh, that's good. On the bottom of the I would, BPI, I'd pick them to go pretty okay. far. Yeah. Ohio State. I don't think they're going to make any moves. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> now here's, and I don't know this. Uh, this is honest. This is a legit question. Does the BPI go away once the tournament starts? Like, are you not going to be able to look at it? What do you mean? Like, no, do they take the BPI down? Do they change it no, at all based keep, on these games? No, not at all. all right. No, the BPI stays. All See, right. that's the thing I love about it. It's rock solid. It's got an entire year behind it. It evaluates so many different things based on audience. If you go look at the BPI and what some of these pocket protector dudes, what they, these nerds, if you will, what they do to actually come up with BPI and who is the best, um, 
Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's so foolproof. The one thing it doesn't account for is you still have to fill out your bracket for your picks to count. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, okay. <laughs> one thing the PPI Luke, can't we, do we for get you. It. What is your point right uh, now? Here's the, so this is where it came back to bite me. While I was sitting there making fun of you for not having your picks in, I was yes. like, oh, yeah, I want to go change one of my picks. I got my picks in, but I wanted to change one pick, right? You got to have your final four. You so gotta, you did it last night? I did it during the ASU game. Oh, okay. But I wanted to change one of my picks. You did it during the a, a ASU fair, well, game? halftime. I mean, wow. rattle that off. Well, that's once, not during it. Once I, mean, I halftime. right in the middle of it, that's literally. halftime. Once I saw how ASU played, I obviously put them right through to the Final Four. Um, no, so I, I wanted the West region. Anybody that filled out a bracket, which I would assume everybody is, that's listening filled out a bracket, Clearly, the West region is the most difficult, right? With Kansas and Gonzaga and UCLA. See, that's the great thing about BPI. There is no such thing. There is no region. There, there's, there, you, region? What are you talking about? Just fill it out, dude. Look at the BPI and go. Remove yourself from the equation. And once again, I've won it three times. Just for the record. Well, who did the BPI have winning the West, do you know, of those three teams? Because I wanted to switch it to Kansas this morning, and <laughs> I wasted so much time school. laughing at you, I, I I ran out of time to switch it, so I have an injured UCLA team in my Final Four. Yes. So that's the other level of controversy on this show. Wolf didn't even turn a bracket in, yeah. and I don't have the right Final Four teams. Okay. So there we go. Yeah. All right. You know, you're going to get over it at some point. I'm going to get over it because I can keep laughing I... at you. You know, if you, can I just say this, generally speaking, about the NCAA tournament as well? The, the I love the tournament, and the reason why I love it, so there are so many reasons, so many people out there, the entire country rallies around the NCAA tournament in March. It is March, and we all love it, do we not? Every office pool that is out there right now, every it, any group of people. Hey, you get to fill out a bracket? Here we go. How's your bracket? Walk around. That's what you ask everybody. You have to By do the it. way, it's one of my favorite times of the year because a lot of times I don't know some of the names of people that are actually working here. Yeah. So I love it when you just walk by and nod at them. How's your bracket? <laughs> um, Is that why you of, asked me three times this morning? It's kind, of, it's kind of cool right there. But you know what? Also, too, watch the games, man. Watch the games, the effort, and the intensity level that you see in the tournament is off the charts. It is so pure. There, there's, there's nothing but effort on the court. And if you're not trying, boy, do you stick out like a sore thumb. The desperation that you see, it just, it's ball out time. It's one of the reasons why I absolutely love watching it. These kids and the, the effort and desperation that they show on the court is awesome. Not only that, too, there's a truth that comes to bear. Coaching at the college level is huge. See, that's you use the BPI. I use coaching and player experience. Not like what the player's experience is at school. Like, hey, how great was this? Like, if you have a more experienced team this time of year, I like that as a tiebreaker. I mean, obviously, I'm not taking a 16 over a 1 if a 16 seed has a bunch of older players. But you start to get deeper into it. What has worked for me in the past is coaching for sure because coaching seems to win out in the tournament by the end. Like, usually we get to the Final Four, you're not looking and saying, oh, wow, this coach is terrible, but they got it. No, they they just won't get there. They won't get that far. BPI already takes that into account, (laughs) just so you know.
They already take that into uh, account right there. But I, you know what? Again, the, the I'd love to compare brackets right now, but I can't. That's great. Well, why? Because yours isn't done. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's going to be done. Um, <laughs> I love this because it, it is a, it's an axiom that is true, and you see it every year. Coaching, coaching at this level matters so much because you can make a kid better than he actually is just through focusing him and motivating him. You can actually make him better than he is. You just got to know how to reach him. So you can teach him. You, you, you have to know how to do that. And that's where coaching comes into play. I love this time of year because of those two things. The effort and, and intensity that you see on the floor and coaching and how important it is at this level. It's why I get burned in the bracket every year Michigan State doesn't go anywhere. Because I always just assume Tom Izzo is going to at least win his first round game. And he usually does. I mean, a lot of times he gets to the Final Four, but some years they just bow out in the first round. Yeah. Playing USC Izzo has ruined many a bracket over the years. Uh, both ways, I'm sure. When we come back, we'll get into the Phoenix Suns. They have a pretty big game all of a sudden against Orlando tonight. James Jones talked to Burns and Gambo yesterday uh, about the state of the team. We'll react to what he had to say next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, let's get this thing started now, Wolf. We are set. I got March Madness on three of the four TVs in the studio. Okay, good job. It's best time of year. Here we go. You realize we also have uh, an NBA game tonight, too. Mm-hmm. ASU won last night. U of A plays this afternoon. The Coyotes play tonight. And D-backs, Cubs at, I believe, Sloan Park today, too. So kind of a busy day. It is a busy day, but we all know right now it is tournament. The day belongs to the tournament right here. The NCAA tournament. Oh, my goodness. The field of 64 is set. And they're playing. James Jones was on with Burns and Gambo yesterday, and you know, you, you and I talked about this yesterday, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. It's it's just kind of a weird spot with the Suns. The they are playing games with 13 left in the season that are meaningful in the standings. Like you don't you don't have to go through any mental gymnastics to figure out why they're meaningful or convince yourself they're meaningful. But it's also not really the Suns without Durant. So it's just sort of a weird spot. They asked James Jones what, if anything, he has learned about his team in these last three games against playoff teams uh, without KD. We fight. You know, that's, uh, you know, no matter what the game looks like, you know, we we had stretches where we really struggled to score, um, struggled to get stops, and then we had stretches where we were we were prolific on both ends of the court. And, uh, you know, we got down big in Golden State and we came back. You know, we were down big against, you know, Milwaukee, a big enough lead for them. And and we fought back and took a lead. Um, But ultimately, we just couldn't close. And and so we've done some good things. Um, Three games and four nights is tough. Um, but when you're playing the opponents that we we played, um, you know, you wish you could come out with a couple wins. But, you know, we'll, we'll just have to focus on Orlando tomorrow. And, you know, every day, um, every day that uh, we play, we get closer to the end of the season. So we just want to find a way to play our best basketball soon. Yeah, you know, that was one of the things that I, I totally loved about the last couple of games in particular was just the fact that the Suns got down and came back. They didn't fold. They they got down big in these games, and they came back, and they just couldn't close at the end, which 
again, looking at the talent that is out on the floor, it finally caught up to him for the most part. I'm not talking about Devin Booker. We all know D-Book is going to go out there and light it up. But it takes more than just one guy out on the floor doing it. Chris Paul as well. I'm not talking about him. DeAndre Ayton is loaded with talent. I still want to see him make a bigger impact, but... One thing was clear, especially over the last couple of games. Yeah, they got back into those games, but they just could not close the deal at the end of those games. Yeah, and and uh, any matchup with Milwaukee, it just highlights why the Suns felt the need to go out and get Kevin Durant because we saw the Suns two years ago against Milwaukee in a seven-game series. It looked like they were going to win the series. And then when Milwaukee was really able to key on Devin Booker, and it's not like he started having bad games, but he wasn't he wasn't taking over because at that point Milwaukee was focusing everything on him, and you know Giannis was a big part of it too. You realized if, if Booker can't just win you a seven game series against the very best teams by himself, really nobody can. I mean that's why everybody still talks about Michael Jordan twenty years later, and and Giannis is is close, I guess, just because. It's so difficult to guard him, and especially if he's going to get the benefit of calls on top of everything else. But that's when they play Milwaukee, to me, it's just a reminder of, of why they felt the need to go out and get a Kevin Durant. Yes. And I, I yes. just want to see the Phoenix Suns with Booker and Durant play Milwaukee. And so far, we're 0 for 2. Yes, that is the problem right now. And, you know, Milwaukee, too. The one thing about the Bucks, and we all know this, they're really, really physical. Did James Jones talk about the physicality at all? Does he have a cut over there where he was talking about the physicality of his team and whether or not he thinks they need to be more physical? Because, to me, that is something the Suns need to continue to develop. They got to get more physical. And anytime you talk about that, man, I think of DA. I'm sorry. You just do. He's got to play with way more force. This is something I know that Monty Williams says it all the time. I know that James Jones talks about it all the time. At some point in time, DA still has got to be able to get it. And I, I'm wondering if he ever will. Uh-huh. I've, I've said this before. I thought that he would. I'm wondering if he will. He, um, James Jones did talk about, the only thing he talked about with the Bucks was the free throw discrepancy. It's self-evident, man. Like, you know, we look, we look at it. Um, we know certain players get certain treatment. Um, I think that's always been the case in this league. Um, the human element, uh, comes into fact, it comes into play. Um, you know, I, I think everyone could see that, you know, as much as Devin attacks the pain, as much as our guys attack, uh, we draw a lot of contact. We just don't get the calls. Um, but we can't blow the whistle for the referees. They choose who they blow it for and when they blow it. Um, it's just it's unfortunate. It always ends up being something that goes against us. Um, but that's, that's no excuse. Like We know what we have to deal with. We know what we have to overcome. And it's just on us. Uh, to figure it out um, because we're not going to get help anywhere else. I'm a little nervous about this, Wolf, because now this is the fourth key member of the Suns we've played a clip of talking about the free throw discrepancy. Now, again, they were all asked about it. It's not like they like, I got to have to talk about this. I'm going to come on your show and talk about the free throws. It was just one of many questions that James Jones was asked. The reason I'm I'm concerned about it is because that's clearly, it's clearly the way the Suns feel, especially against a team like Milwaukee. But the complicating factor, and you just, because you don't want a team or the officials to be in your head going into the playoffs. That's why it's concerning. But the complicating factor is the right. I mean, that's, that's, I know every fan base says that about their team. I'm sure in Milwaukee, they're like, what? We only shot 21 more free throws than the Suns in that game? What's going on? 
But in this case, there's something to it. And they got to get that fixed in the next 13 games. And like James Jones just said, there's only so much they can fix with that. I don't care if other teams outshoot the Suns at the free throw line in the playoffs, but they can't be shooting twice as many free throws. Yeah, what drives me crazy is the lack of calls that D-Bug gets. That does drive me That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't? Not at this point. It doesn't Hello? make any sense. we're talking about one of the best players in the world. At some point in time, is he going to get any type of grace? You know, again, Basinonians, as I say that, I despise myself and reject myself in front of king and country. Because if it's a foul, it's a foul. Call it. I don't care what the name says on the back of the jersey. I don't care what it says. If it's a foul, call it. If it isn't, don't. The problem is... I think we all know it doesn't work that it's way. It's never the NBA. worked that way in the history right? of the NBA. Yeah. And, and, and that's wrong. And it shouldn't be the case. But we know that it is. And that's the, that's the thing that just drives me nuts. I, man, you know, Devin Booker, at what point in time is he going to get the respect of, hey, listen, that's Devin Booker. And and he takes the ball aggressively to the rack and gets hit a lot, and we don't see the whistle. Luka Doncic? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I mean, Luka hasn't been in the league nearly as long. I get that he's the, you know, I guess more well-known. Do people not know who Devin Booker is? Like, are we talking, it's not like we're talking about some walk-on that just suddenly scoring. And here's the other scoring. thing, too, that I was hoping that Kevin Durant was going to help the Suns get to the line more. Well... Because he he came in here when it, when the trade came down, he had more free throw attempts per game than any Sun. Yeah, it's not even, it and, that, even and close. that's and, and yeah, a hundred percent. I I do think that's going to work more in the Suns' favor as as the playoffs go. That <laughs> again, I don't think it's a conspiracy against the Suns, and I hate when people go down that path. But if there is this thought that the Suns have a reputation of not being as physical as the Bucks, or they're not allowed to be as physical, if that if for whatever reason. That is in the officials' minds. They have shown that they will send Kevin Durant to the free throw line. So I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if we're going to see an official's head explode when he's like, well, that guy got fouled and it's Kevin Durant, but he's wearing a Suns jersey, so what do I do? But at least KD should give you some respectability in that category. Yeah, But he's got to play. When it comes to officiating, though, it happens in the National Football League. It does. If you're known for having a great rush defense, guess what? Your defensive line... Hey, they don't get called for holding a lot of the time. They don't. And flip it over with your offensive line. If you if you are known for having this really physical, great rushing attack, especially in between the tackles, and you've got all pros, you've got pro bowlers up on that offensive line, you're one of the best offensive lines in the league. It's one of the reasons why the Philadelphia Eagles do not get flagged. Now, now look, we know there's holding that happens on almost every play in the National Football League. But because officials know, zebras know, you know, what? this is the best offensive line in the National Football League. There's less flags thrown against them than there are somewhere some other offensive line. Trust me on that one. So how are you supposed to change your reputation in four weeks? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's that's the problem. And this this game that everybody's focused on right now against Milwaukee isn't the only time that the free throw discrepancy has been huge. When one player on the other team shoots more than your whole team, and it's happened a few times this season, again, I don't really care that they lost to Milwaukee. It's, is this going to be an issue in the playoffs and I don't know if there's anything they can do about it. I mean, I guess you control what you can control, but 
I get what's what's the line of thinking? Just go out there and, and just win anyway, right? Yeah. But that's but <laughs> it's a little bit of an uphill battle, especially with Jay Crowder gone right now. Look at one Phoenix Sun uh, on the roster that has a reputation of being a physical player. Maybe Tory Craig. Maybe Tory Craig. He just Torrey lost the Craig. tooth and kept going. Yes. Yeah. And I think he had the reputation before that. We'll see. But he doesn't have the reputation of being like a, a star player that's physical. You yes. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, Giannis is... <laughs> Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, a couple names maybe the Cardinals could still be pursuing through either free agency or a trade. We're going to focus on one position of extreme need in particular. That's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Wolf and Luke. Ah, Just such a great time of year. A couple games on here in the studio. Wolf still filling out his bracket as we reach the conclusion. Oh, no, of the it first is game. done. Oh, it is finally done. over, filled out. Here's what we're going to do, Basin Arnie. We're going to go ahead and take a picture of it. Right, Pixie? We'll take a picture of this thing, and we'll post it on the website. Now, I don't know if I have the authority <laughs> to actually say that with certitude, but I'm just going to say you it. You mean on I'm Twitter? I'm throwing it out there right now. Well, no, no I'll oh, do you want that. No, okay, you want on the actual myself. website. You want yeah, on man, ArizonaSports.com. Like, get, get somebody on the web flower on that right now. Do I have the the ability to do that? I mean, is that... is that? Um, They're all just watching the games right now Hey, everybody, right now, look anyway. at me. Is that what that is? Yeah. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's just something to appease. The suits. Who did you have <laughs> the coming? powers that be. Coming out of the West. That was our question before oh, with the BPI. That's, that's right. Who, who do I have coming out of the West right now? Um, okay. I'm going to go with Elite Eight. Are you ready for I'm this? I'm ready for this. Um, UCL, UCLA and UConn. You have UConn over Kansas. Yeah. So let me ask yeah, you this. That's because BPI has <laughs> UConn <laughs> over Kansas. If I, if I ask you a question about the BPI, will you know the answer? Uh, do, do they yeah. count for injury? Yes. That's why I'm nervous about UCLA. Yes. They still account for injury. Yes, they okay. do. Because UCLA at full strength, I, I have no problem putting them in the final four. Yes. Houston's also injured, though. And don't you have them as your national champion? Oh, we're taking it all. That's right. You're referring to Houston now as we're? That's, that's right. We're taking it all. How much time do you think you've right spent now. in Houston in your life? Like you know, six uh, days? Not, not a long time. Um, <laughs> but let's go, Cougs. Let's go. All right. Well, I mean, again, I can't argue with that logic because I don't fully understand it. So here we go. Um, we talked about this briefly yesterday, Wolf, uh, right at the end of the show. And it seemed too, uh, too interesting what's going on. You know what's amazing on. about it? No, it really is based on it. People don't like you because you use a metric. You know, it's like, really? You're not going to change it at all? People, hey, you know what? I'm, get over yourself. Will you please? So let me ask you this question. Who do you think you are? Has so the bracket that you hold in your hand that you literally did just finish? We're in the second half of the Maryland West yeah. Virginia game. That hasn't actually been turned into the tech people to put it on the no, website yet, right? No. It hasn't. So why don't you hand it to me? I'll walk it over to him, and I'm going to change like three of those. <laughs> no, honey, please don't. There was one I, I did want to change, ladies and gentlemen. I can't do. Oh, which one was it? Well, it's it's West Virginia, Maryland. I did want to change that. They have Maryland over West Virginia. Huh? Yes, Maryland is one. Spot Maryland's 21, West Virginia's 22. 
and wow. DPI. So we're going to get an immediate answer. And, and look at this game. Oh, wow, Maryland this is game winning. is going yeah. back and forth though, right now. It is. It's very tight. Never question the BPI it's the again. the BPI. No, that's when the, when the robots take over, BPI will be there. Get over uh, yourself. Their constitution. Okay. You want to talk some football, or you yeah. want to keep talking BP? Yeah, no, I'm ready right now. Tis the season, though, to talk tournament. You know it. it so I'll sit here and talk tournament with you all day today and tomorrow, and then by then, uh, everybody's brackets will be ruined, and we'll start to of lose course. interest. So, um, we talked briefly about this yesterday right at the end of the show. I think every Cardinals fan, whether you feel like they should have kept Zach Allen, or you feel like it was too much to pay at this point in time, or you like the return of... Kelvin Beecham or you don't or this. I think we can all agree they need a center. Like, you can't start the plays. Yeah. <laughs> the Cardinals had a game tomorrow. They, the ball would just be sitting there on the field. And there'd be 10 guys around looking at it like, I we didn't hire a center, so what are we supposed to do? Yeah. Um, we talked about Ryan Kelly yesterday, right, towards the end of the show. Yes. And Cardswire put out a list of, uh, I don't know if it's the top 10, but it's just some centers that are still out there, okay? Okay. So I'm going to read off some names. You tell me if any of them really pique your interest. Okay. Ryan Kelly is the first one, obviously. Uh, let's Sold. See. It's, clearly it's not 10. I see uh, four. Connor McGovern. Okay. Ben Jones, who a lot of people have made that connection because he was with the Titans. Can we go back to Ryan Kelly? Well, I'm working okay. back up there. I see. Billy Price. Be- okay, Billy Price. Or Ryan Kelly. Those are the four they Ryan Kelly right there, yeah. Um, Ryan Kelly, please. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I, if if you had to pick one of those guys, Billy Price, I'm okay if Billy Price is going to be the guy. But Ryan Kelly is a Pro Bowl guy. Um, okay, he took a step back, I think, last season. But this is a guy that would solidify the offensive line, I think, immediately. And I just find it so fascinating and almost funny, laugh out loud funny, that the Indianapolis Colts, Hey, everybody, we just want everyone to know that Ryan Kelly, he might he might be up for sale. Just letting everybody know that. Just letting everybody know. Isn't that odd? The stories, the leaks that came out that, hey, the Colts might be shopping Ryan Kelly. <laughs> Is that odd this time of year? No. It isn't. The draft subterfuge is in overdrive right now. But I think it's so funny. The Arizona Cardinals have a big area of need. It's on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And in particular, they need a center. And the Colts, who are sitting there at number four, and the Arizona Cardinals at number three, there's no way the Colts, who need a quarterback desperately, are not going to move into the number three spot. That is going to happen. It it has to happen because the last thing the Indianapolis Colts are going to do is let somebody else, oh, I don't know, like Las Vegas, the Raiders jump up in front of them to number three to take that quarterback, whoever that quarterback is, whether it's Anthony Richardson, whether it's C.J. Stroud, whoever, Bryce Young, whoever it may be. They're not going to let somebody else do that. And that's exactly what they would be doing if they don't move up to number three. It does make a lot of sense, the scenario that, and we're not the first ones to throw this out there, I'm sure, but the scenario we were talking about at the end of the show yesterday of, okay, if the Colts are dangling Ryan Kelly out there, like, oh, maybe we'll trade him, maybe we'll let him go, okay, well then why wouldn't you just trade him to the Cardinals, move up a spot? If if in Indianapolis's mind, they don't need Ryan Kelly anymore for whatever reason, 
then for them, they're not giving up anything except I would want an additional pick if I'm the Cardinals. A second-round pick. So That's then, what I would want. So then if you're the Colts, you're just giving up a second-round pick to move up. Granted, one spot, but it's a big spot considering what's on the line for them rather than another team jumping in front of them. So it would make sense from their side. It makes a lot of sense from the Cardinals' side because I'm looking at the list of free agent centers out there. Yeah. You don't want any of them, I'm pretty okay. sure. I mean, right. I, maybe there's one where you're like, oh, there's some intriguing ups. No, I mean, for your starting center to start next year, you would take Ryan Kelly over, I certainly would, over any of these guys. So if you're the Cardinals, you would do it because you still get Will Anderson if you yes. want him. And you could trade down again with somebody and, else from four. And here's the whole thing about that as well. Um, Ryan Kelly makes a good piece of money. <laughs> he's He's not cheap. Let's put it that way. This is one of the other reasons why I think the Arizona Cardinals are trying to raise the floor with a lot of what it is they're doing so far in the offseason. Raise the floor. Instead of one guy at $15 million, get three guys that are starter quality. Get three guys at $5 million. And now, maybe you can get a little greasy with Orion Kelly. Maybe you can do that. Would you say that's important to protect your quarterback that you've invested $230 million in and who's coming back from an ACL? Yes, it's critically important, which is one of the reasons why they signed Calvin Beecham and Will Hernandez. They brought them back. You know why? Because they're pros. They're good. They're going to know what to do, and they're going to be capable of doing their job. Doesn't mean they're going to go out there and be a pro bowler, but again, they're going to go out and be a pro. And that's what you need. And you better build that offensive line because you got a quarterback you don't want to get hurt. Ryan Kelly would be huge. Well, they've clearly made offensive line a priority because that's really the only position they've brought anybody back at yet. So, (laughs) although at the same time, it already feels like they went out and signed more guys this year than last year. Remember last year, they just didn't go out and sign anybody. This year, they've already gone out and gotten Kazir White, who I understand is not it's not going to like lead Sports right. Center that the yes. Cardinals. But but that's that's a starter. You went out and added a starter. Uh, all right, we'll get back into football in a little bit. Or we'll get back in the Cardinals in a little bit. Um, text Valley to six twenty six twenty and become a Phoenix Suns insider to get all the latest and breaking news on the Suns and their quest for an NBA championship. That's Valley to six twenty six twenty. We will get back into football next, though, because there's a lot going on around the National Football League, and the Eagles are either bringing back guys or letting guys go. So we'll probably start there next, since there's obviously a tie to the Cardinals. It's Wolf and Luke, and here's the sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. good time to kind of reset here what's going on around the National Football League since we're all getting distracted by March Madness. <laughs> West Virginia on a tear there just in the time you did that read. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about, Luke. Do you think I'm watching the monitors in here? I don't think you were. That's right. Everybody, it's West Virginia. It's West Virginia. The pride of every mountaineer. Come on, you old grads. Georgia with those young lads. It's West Virginia. Now we cheer. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> don't tell me I can't do it. Who uh, Who does the BPI uh, say wins that game? Maryland. Okay. 
<laughs> and I went straight BPI, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, I had to do it. I wrote down Maryland. So, what do you what do you want to happen here now? That's what the magic says. I to me, are you kidding me? I want West Virginia to roll. Okay. But you already know in your heart that there's no way it could happen because the BPI said it otherwise. Well, who cares? You know, the BPI has been wrong, even though I've won it three times. Again, hmm. won it three times, last ladies and gentlemen. No, not last year, but won it three. How many times have you won it? I, I've only done it twice. Oh, well, it's a big zero for you, Luke. Uh, no, I think I won it the first time. No, you didn't. Well, me and Shane, remember the year we teamed up? And so Shane Doan and I, they combined yeah, our brackets. Yeah, but it wasn't a team. I'm talking about individually. Okay, well, I'm who, guessing. Who, of all the show hosts, you're telling me you had the highest. Of all the show hosts, the yes. only person that was close to me was Doan. We're oh, not okay. counting him as a show host. Remember I Bickley see. and Murata had to sing Blondie at okay, a Okay, so at a you lucked out. You won <laughs> one time. It's not three. One is not three, ladies and gentlemen. All right, well, we'll see where this goes. I remember specifically flying in the face of the BPI that year. That's how I made my picks. And by the way, this is what you do. <laughs> when you're in a locker room setting, you trash talk. Just, when you're up, you trash it, right? I like the revelation you made earlier of, you know, sometimes you don't know somebody's name around the office. So if you, so basically <laughs> this, if Wolf looks at you today or tomorrow and nods his head and says, how's your bracket going? Yeah. He doesn't know your name. Okay. Well, you don't know everybody's name here either. Don't make it sound like you know everybody's name. Everybody that walks by that window today, I'm going to see if I know the name. We'll see. Maybe I don't. I know that's Sarah Cazell in the update booth looking at us like, move the show along, please. My name's Tara. Oh, I knew it was one of the two. Sarah or Tara Cazell. That's so good. All right. Okay. Uh, Let's talk about What's your point? I I don't even remember having a point, to be quite honest. See, Jarek Carlin just walked by. Look at that. Okay, good. You know Greg Brady. He looks, uh, he's wearing West Virginia colors, even though he's from Maryland, believe it or not. Here's Ian Rappaport. Okay. Good morning, football. (laughs) Talking about some of the moves the Eagles have made over the last uh, couple days. Because you figure the Eagles, and now Jarrett's dancing past the window. See what you've done by bringing up the You've brought everybody into the show. Um, Miles Sanders leaving Philadelphia. Let's start there. Miles Sanders, the Eagles starting running back and someone who really had been a game breaker for them since they drafted him in the second round, is signing with the Carolina Panthers. He gets a four-year, $25.4 million deal, $13 million guaranteed. That is the top of the running back market this year in free agency. It has been a battle for a lot of these running backs to get paid. Really has scrapping and clawing. Nobody wants to pay this position, Uh, but he is good. The Panthers have a need to surround their new quarterback with weapons just like they did with Hayden Hurst yesterday as well. So Sanders goes to the Carolina Panthers. So you have the Eagles losing him. They bring back Fletcher Cox, and it sounds like Darius Slay is now staying with the Eagles, even though it seemed like he was leaving. Yeah, this is this is very, very interesting to me. James Bradbury, of course, they bring him back mm-hmm. as well, a cornerback. And that was somebody that I was wondering, oh, boy, would would GG and Nick Rollis, would they actually say, man, we got to go get that guy? He was the name most linked to the Cardinals. Yes. Any of those like, hey, if, if each team adds one free agent, and he was the one most consistently linked to Arizona. So James Bradbury is not. He signed back with the Philadelphia Eagles. And now Darius Slay. This is really weird because I would have loved for Darius Slay to be an Arizona Cardinal. It's a guy that's a little long in the tooth, of course. He's been around a long time. He's still very, very good. A very good corner. Um, the reason why I was hopeful they'd get him is because I didn't think he would cost that much. But Darius Slay appears to be going back to Philadelphia. 
and that sucks, buttermilk. You could try and get Darius Slayton, at least be you know kind of close. Yeah. Can't get Darius Slayton, but you can get Darius guy. Slayton. No, yeah. not the same position not either. the same guy right there. Uh, I want to throw another name at you that may peripherally impact the Arizona Cardinals. Juju Smith-Schuster. Oh, yeah, now you're talking. Not that he's coming here. In fact, he's going to New England. But New England was supposed to be a team that was supposed to be interested in DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. I don't know if they would be as interested now that they have Juju. I mean, I think we'd all take DA or DeAndre Hopkins over Juju Smith-Schuster right now. But they already have him. Are they really going to go out there and, and okay. allocate resources for two of them? Okay, so here, here's what you got to think of right now. Is Juju Smith-Schuster a number one? No. No, he's he's not. How often do the Patriots have a number one receiver, though? Yeah, I know. Did you see their offense last year, too? Yeah, it was was, was rough to watch. Yeah, it was. Um, Just ask anybody from Boston. They were really happy about it. Yeah, so can I just say it right now? uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is a solid two. He's a two. Nobody's even going to look at him and think he's a 1A. D-Hop is a one. Okay. (laughs) He is a one. But... You would agree Juju was the number one receiver in Kansas City, setting Travis Kelsey aside, right? Just as, in terms of just wide receivers, he was the number one receiver. Okay, wide receiver, yes. So I would I would admit that. Does that but Travis Kelsey is the guy that runs that show? But does that mean and that's, that's a rarity? That's an exception that a tight end would do that. And by the way, for me, he's not a tight end. He's a wide receiver for DeAndre Hopkins in Kansas City. There is yeah. a real pot. This, first of all, I don't think it's done. It's not done in New England. Just because they got Juju Smith Schuster, it's not done to me. Well, I'd rather have their second round pick than Kansas City's. Okay. Well, still, uh, I think you'd take any second round pick at this point yeah, in time but right now. New England's got to be like 16 picks higher. Because you're not going to get a ton, you're not going to get equal value for D Hop at this point in time. That's, that's what I think. I think the opportunity is going to be there to get something of value. But I don't know if it's going to be equal value for D-Hop at this point in time. But I do know this. I think the Patriots are still interested in D-Hop because Juju Smith-Schuster is not DeAndre Hopkins. He's not. And now that Juju's gone, to your point, the Kansas City Chiefs have also got to be interested in D-Hop. Interesting. Imagine an offense with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, boy. They just won the Super Bowl without DeAndre Hopkins. Yes. Yes. That would be an upgrade for the Kansas City Chiefs. That's that's scary. And just for reference, the Patriots pick 46th. That's the second-round pick that they have. If we're, just, if we're really just giving up DeAndre Hopkins for just a second-round pick, they have the 46th, and the Chiefs have the 63rd. Um, I do want to go on record, though. I don't love the idea of just trading DeAndre Hopkins for a late second round pick. Uh, and I get that it's inevitable that he's getting dealt. Like yeah. clearly he and the Cardinals, it sure seems like both sides have come to this acceptance and they're, they're doing it professionally. And it's not like some public divorce that's gone. That's, that's very bad, but it seems pretty clear that when they talked, they decided what's best for him and them is to part ways. And so I get it. But I'm not going to be real excited when it's like, hey, the Cardinals got the 63rd pick in the draft for a guy that might still be a top four receiver in the NFL. It's just, I guess it's just reality. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. I understand your sentiment on that, your meaning on that. But 
um, at this point in time, you're starting a brand new culture. You got to get whatever you can. And uh, yeah, would I like a, a fifth round pick thrown in as well? Yeah. But again, especially when you're talking about a guy that still is going to cost um, some serious cap money for the team that acquires them and for yourself as well in dead cap space. Yeah, you, you got to get something of them, but you got to get them gone. Uh, the I guess the bright side is you really didn't give up much to get him in the first place. Yes. And he was he gave you one of the best highlights, just single moment highlights in Cardinals history. He got you helped get you to the playoffs one year and I don't know, you get a second round pick back. I guess that's what that's basically what you gave Super up. Super productive when he played. A monster performance by ASU last night in Dayton. The voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy, is going to join us next to talk about it. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.